So welcome back to Tales from the East End. It is me, Gary Parsons, and beside me is the Prof, Carl Riley. Hello. So uh, we've a lot to talk about this week. On top of the Bowls game, going to talk about Dundalk on Friday with Bray on Monday. We have uh, so we have loads, loads to talk about. And uh, first of all, we have to talk about our lovely, lovely sponsors who have once again came on board, which Peachtree East. I was so, impressed that our audience actually started singing Peachtree East last week, which was totally random. We didn't, yeah. we didn't. Com- coach them at all to that which was that was hilarious but um yeah so the perfect after game entertainment is now the peachy comedy club who are hosting comedy nights it's the only live comedy club in Tala, and they've got all of ireland's top comedians so you can head on down after the game 10 euro in and that's friday the 23rd of february you've got all sorts of guests on there with joe dowell and gary lynch pats are murray he's from rt's love hey and uh all sorts of good comedy stuff, lads. So head down after the game, get your points in the eighteen ninety nine, then head on down to Peachtree East after the game. Yeah, so officially we have nearly six hundred followers, five hundred ninety seven. So give us the six hundred, lads. Yeah, we're ever so close there on Twitter. So just help us over the line there, push us over. And it's exactly one year ago on Friday that we recorded our first ever episode. So me and the prof be having party poppers and streamers and cans to celebrate our one year anniversary. Maybe some candles. We'll let some candles. <laughs> it's getting romantic now. Yeah. I thought this might be interesting to actually, because I haven't done this. I have not listened to our first episode since Ever. since the first you know three weeks. Quite cringy since we prof. did it. So I'm just going to play a few seconds of it here, just out of curiosity, <laughs> right? From the East End, it's a Shamrock Rovers podcast for the fans, by the fans. Happy new season, Carl. Happy new season. Uh, this show is our maiden voyage, so we intend to bring you everything Rovers related, from stats to interviews to team news and all that good stuff. Now we are recording from Johnny Blues Bar in Crumlin, surrounded by Rovers memorabilia, flags, scarves, and our prized possession: a signed Gary Twig photo of the first derby in Tala, that epic two-one win, and even a seat from the inf- infamous Satanta game. At Windsor Park. A C from Windsor Park. Yep. <laughs> you can't elaborate on how that came into your position. No, no comment. <laughs> we Come a long way, Prof. Come a long way. Yeah, I have indeed. <clears throat> yeah, so just to get this out of the way, lads, we are actually unofficial. So we are not officially linked with the club. We are an unofficial independent fans podcast. The club are very helpful with regards to certain things. They do help us out, but we are unofficial. Uh, interesting now as well. This is the first time since mid-October, Gar, that you and I have had Johnny Blues to ourselves. I know, yeah. It's it's been a long time coming. Because it's all been monthly madness episodes, aside from the one in December that was a secret location. But it's always been either players or fans here, so we are completely on our own. Yeah, back to business, back yeah. to norm. Is that why you've no pants on, Gar? You're not supposed to say that on air, Carl. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, so start season special. It's uh, it was a cracker. James McLean. 
was officially the drunkest man I've ever seen in Johnny Blues. <laughs> officially. I've, I've never, no one's ever taken a power nap either and come back worse. It seemed to have done him a world of good, but at one stage, I think Pat Martin was just slurring like fuck. And then he came in and was slurring like fuck. And Tommy Kelly turns around and goes, where's the yokes everyone's taking? Where's the ease everyone's taking? First podcast guest to actually sleep during the show. And not because of our sultry tones. Put no. to sleep because of Pogues Whiskey. The Pogues Whiskey, which is now uh, up on a shelf somewhere. The, the empty bottle, trust me. It's definitely empty. And it's somewhere around. I'm trying to spot it. But it's, uh, like I said, Johnny D. Blues is adorned with all sorts of flags and bottles and beers. And we thank everybody who did turn up for the show and brought something. Bit of memorabilia. So, uh, it We're was starting a, a barred list from Johnny Blues. And number one going on there is Pogues Whiskey. Yeah, Pogues Whiskey is officially barred. Uh, yeah, so Jay's big debut. He spent it sleeping on the beanbag. Did you the, know the gradual uh, <laughs> deterioration of him was yeah, brilliant. It was documented on our audio. Yeah. His decline. <laughs> he was trying, he was retracing his steps on Facebook. You just see the picture of him smiling in the Glenmore Inn with James Cook because he had two whiskeys before he came here. Nice bit of a timeline, actually, wasn't it? He was out yeah. the piss before, well, the night before. So the thing that made me laugh was uh, Gar helpfully wrote out notes for each of our guests to kind of ask them questions about. Had little bits of info about them and stuff. And one of the notes on Jay just said simply, was fat. <laughs> it's a conversation starter, isn't it? <laughs> That's what it said. Yeah. And our man of the match, Carl. Man of the match. Podcast. Hero. Stole the show. Nate Jameson. Yeah. What a man. Seriously. Yeah. This is the most quotable guy ever. <laughs> Damn fucking duck. Two dicks in my head. I had no idea what he was on about until I saw the photo afterwards. The, the reaction was yeah. absolutely priceless. And you, uh, you had met him in Czech Republic before. I don't think I did. I think. Yeah, no, I met him on the way down to uh, the first restaurant slash bar we were at in Boleslav, and I think I just randomly went up to him, started talking to him. I gave him a little present, and uh, the the friendship blossomed from there. So the, f- the first time I met him was at the in the suite just after the Brentford game before before we came on the show on Sunday and he was telling me the stories that he tried and failed to get out on the show the dicks on the heads the limo couldn't get that one out brilliant and I was just listening to him and then the light bulb just went off and I was just like this guy needs to go on the show and he needs to go on last and it's masterstroke by the prof absolutely brilliant listening the only problem was Gareth Brennan wasn't there he's Nate's handler and translator <laughs> Do you know Garrett's Garrett's a lovely guy. Anytime yeah. you speak to him, sound, sound guy. And I think he had, yeah. I think his missus was dragging him out to IKEA or something that day. So he was badly missed. But some really funny stuff. Like I noticed when he when they sat down with us, and he started talking, I could just hear some guys in the audience talking to each other, and they were like, "Is he made of yours?" Yeah. It's like I, I don't know him. No, yeah. just this random Aussie lad. And he had the vape with him. He had a vaporizer yeah. with him, so everyone was pretty much blasted. I love how he brought his bag over to the microphone and back like it was part of his commute. It was like it was like someone eating prison and dinner. <laughs> Hovering over it, not trying not hoping nobody would take it. But the lads then went oh, out man. for a cure. Well, it was a cure for Jay McLean. He went out to a Sheerys and they got fucked out. A lot of grown men getting fucked out of Sheerys. Sheerys Baron Crumlin. So we apologise to Sheerys. We uh, we don't promote that type of thing. I don't know what they were doing. They must have been singing songs or getting rowdy. Yeah, Gareth Brennan again. He said... On Facebook, it's around nine o'clock. He said, "I assume the three drunks dancing in the middle of Crumlin with the Rawers flag have just left Johnny Blues." <laughs> yeah. 
And he said his, his wife spotted James Cook, first of all, and she thought it was going to be a gangland shooting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we have some great comments online, and we, we want to thank everybody for the support. So Paul Murphy said, just thought I'd say that the Lloyd broadcast yesterday was brilliant. Salt of the earth supporters doing what they do best, having a laugh, talking football and boozing. So if you have a time a time-lapse media player, play the show back, and you can see the slow demise of a certain Mr. McLean. So well done to all involved, and keep on hooping. So it certainly was a slow demise. And then we had James Cook who said, I think it's safe to say that the Tales from the East End podcast has been a huge success. I was delighted to be asked to take part yesterday and it was a great it was great to see at first hand how the two lads operate. What started as two mates having a yap about all things Rovers has now taken on a new level of professionalism. The lads' contrasting styles work wonders and the one thing that comes across is their absolute love and passion for Rovers. It's not easy to coordinate a room full of well-jarred hoops and sometimes the beer and whiskey can loosen tongues and unlock emotions as it did with me yesterday. That in essence is the beauty of the podcast. Gary and Carl's passion for Rovers is infectious and with the lads like that, the future of our club is in good hands. What a compliment. And I have to say... It was one of the one of my favorite moments of the podcast ever. Was watching James get emotional about the picky and talking about Rovers and mm. that in depth discussion that went on between him and Paul Donahue Dunster. It's that was fascinating. That was yeah. fascinating, and it, I think we should we should touch on that again later on in the year, definitely because it was a uh, like I said to you, two guys we really respect, James and Paul, and two, we, two we, stalwarts who've been there from day one we'd agree with their opinions a lot of the time it was fascinating how contrasting their views on that was it really was and it polar opposites it was an excellent excellent uh, 10 minutes on the show so if you didn't listen to that check it out any of the old school lads who were, who were there during the picket and that check it out it was really really interesting and Barney said that they were outdone for gargling I find that hard to believe yeah, said they were obliterated did Barney have uh, his clothes on <laughs> <laughs> Was that his new profile picture? Just yeah. half naked. Ah, oh, God. Yeah, so Tommy Kelly. Tommy Kelly was delighted with his debut. But she, it, was, it was quite subdued, I have to say. He was being a good boy. Uh, I think he thought he was yeah. a bit of a conjugal visit. Someone asked, was he tranquilised? Yeah, it seemed like that. But uh, he loosened up after a while. He said, I keep banging on about this, especially the folk who don't like or understand league and world football. Our club... Rovers, Ireland's number one, no less, is a fucking second family. A love and addiction and ingestion weekly of what real football is. People from many different walks of life, many different interests and even cultures all brought together under the umbrella of a club that just lives inside you. It's hard to put into words what it gives you. Just back from the podcast, we're at a great night and an absolute fucking privilege to be in the company of Rovers legends from darkest of days to those present and future. Tommy has a bit of a way with words, doesn't he? Yeah, he, he got his uh, hurricane entrance. Yeah, he Bob Dylan did. music he didn't know what was planned for yeah. Yeah. I, I just took a wild guess at his weight <laughs> he wasn't happy with that <laughs> he, was, he was laughing at that I actually missed it at the time but stuffing like turkeys when I heard that back <laughs> unbelievable I was dying <laughs> dying that yeah he's, he's a funny guy I gotta say and you finally gave yourself a nickname girl. yeah the king of cans I think I'll, I think I'll go with that Dunster was well amused yeah the king of, so who has the wally laugh who has the Simpsons laughter? <laughs> I kept laughing when I was listening back to it. <laughs> yeah. I kept laughing thinking, who is that? I think it was Dunster. It was a Dunster. It was yeah. fucking hilarious. Every so often the joke would be made. Now here's Fucking brilliant. Yeah, so that was our audience. Quite a diversity of, of lunatics. Yeah, no, it really was. It was yeah. I can't wait. Already thinking of a lineup for the end of season show. We might have a mid-season show. A quarterly season show if we can if we can get the sponsors on, on board. Yeah. We did try and get a couple of hoop bets on. Emma Wheatley did want to go. Unfortunately, he was stuck in Belfast for work. Yeah, there was a lot of there was a couple of pullouts. And listen, yeah. we don't we don't hold that against anybody. People 
they they get busy and sometimes they can't attend. Like for instance, I had to I I penciled myself in for that League of Ireland Irish football fans TV thing last night. I was asked to go on that, and I couldn't make it. I couldn't get someone to cover me in work. So it's listen, these things happen. And yeah, it happens. It happens, you know. Yeah, so uh, Mark Keaton as well said it's like the canteen area in one flew over the cuckoo's nest. It's a great <laughs> comparison. It really was. Um, I'm, I'm just waiting for somebody to get end up getting divorced over our live feed. It's going to happen eventually, I reckon. <laughs> there was snuff at one point. The snuff, yeah. The snuff's lovely. I think uh, Jay's looking after me with a little... Uh, we're doing a swap. Giving him a badge for a, a little tin of snuff. Lovely stuff. McChrystal's, I think it is. Forky introduced me to that. Yeah, so the President's Cup, we're going to go back to football news now. The President's Cup was played the day we recorded in the snow and uh, Cork had a bit of a comeback, 2-0 down, and they won 4-2 out in Oriel. Mm. So, like I said, I wouldn't read too much into the couple of first, game, first couple of games. Um, they were, I think they were heavily in. Their injury list was quite high. I think Dean Jarvis played centre-half or Dan Massey played centre-half. They were they were missing a couple of players. So Absolutely w- outraged that that game was played in the snow and there was no orange ball. No orange ball. I was outraged as right. Yeah, definitely. Remember the orange ball in FIFA? I think FIFA 97 with Bear Camp on the front. <laughs> and you could play indoor football. Brilliant. Yeah. I think it had a glitch in it. You were always good for finding glitches in those games. Do you remember the glitch in FIFA 90, or what was it? 96. 96, where you could score from the corner of the box. You could, Co- just, you could just curl the ball from like the halfway line. And for some reason it would just always go in. Go in like. Yeah, so Carl, you went stack crazy on Friday. I did indeed, yeah. I had career stats. I had... Stat orgy. Rover stats. I had opening day stats. I was writing in the mirror as well. They had a good pull out. Uh, the coverage was great in the build-up. It's probably unprecedented. I mean, the magazine, the Daily Mail. The I will say that we're getting a really good push from... It, seem, it seems that people are getting behind the league. It's, I mean, what, there's eight podcasts now. And people are starting to actually buy into it and, and hopefully mm. f- start following. But um, I think... But that's that's what you want content and like good rovers, good not even rovers, good League of Ireland fans just doing good things as regarding the, the league and and yeah, there was so many articles online in the build up to the, the opening opening day. Like forty two day had one on the derby. Actually, the back page of the Herald after our game was on Bows and Rovers, and I was staring at it and was like, "Is this real? When has this ever happened?" Granted, it's the Jibbo who's doing the writing and Bows won. <laughs> but make it that what you will I'd say he begged the editor he's like please give yeah. me the back page but I kept reading like is, did some player get like suspended for drugs or is there a stadium there, rail yeah, or is, something yeah, like has someone died about, yeah. it's just only about the game yeah, so no, it's fantastic to see and listen it's we, we preach this every week about how uh, like it's our life it, it takes up a good percentage of our life I mean like like t- James Cook talks about his ongoing midlife crisis. My my planned midlife crisis is going to be shaped around Rovers. I mean, you can't. I, I, obviously, I, I'm going to live abroad when I'm all that's that's the plan. But I'm going to be home for the season. The rest of it, I'm gone. <laughs> but no way could I live abroad and not for not follow Rovers. Definitely not. But um, yeah, we we're talking about uh, great articles and just really good promotion. Well, absolute cracker at the start of the season by Owen Rice and in the Irish Independent about why the League of Ireland is beautiful just as it is and why you no longer care if anybody else agrees and Owen has a fantastic way with words we had him on the show the end of season special last year great guy and many of you will already read that um, if you haven't definitely check it out and I I think this is fantastic for Owen and it's it's something that nobody has ever mentioned before because when when you think about it we we wax lyrical about how people should love the league and we we want people follow it and more people follow it. but if it got popular we'd probably be 
calling them all sorts of names and saying fucking bandwagoners <laughs> yeah. and these guys oh they're only newbies they're freshies yeah. I love the fact that we should just appreciate what we have and just go with the flow and then if, if something happens naturally where more people join in fair enough once we don't lose support once we don't lose the fans that we already have if we grow more fair enough that's probably not our job to do to promote the league and try and gain, gain more fans in we're just trying to focus on Rovers and, and that but it, it was a fantastic article it really was yeah I love Don's piece and, and uh, most people will have already read that yeah but have they heard it, Gary? Oh, what have we got here? We've got a bit of a bit of an yeah. audio clip, a bit yeah. of a snippet. Have you heard the actual author read that piece? Here and this go. is uh, Owen Rice's audiobook. This weekend, they'll gather across Ireland, armed with the combination of optimism, enthusiasm and fleece clothing that can mean only one thing. The new League of Ireland season is upon us. No other sporting competition occupies such a curious place in Irish culture as our domestic football league. It inspires blind devotion in some, utter contempt in others. For most, it's sporting smut. Like a top-shelf magazine, people know it's there, know that a small group of men buy it, and are willing to grudgingly accept that reality, so long as the men in question are suitably ashamed and don't talk about it. A friend once brilliantly described the League of Ireland as the sea area forecast of sport. The results come on the radio, but everyone bar a handful of committed listeners mentally tunes out. Bohemians 15 to 25 knots and gusty, Shamrock Rovers force 20 to 24 knots and possibly reaching storm force at times. In other countries, football is a culture. In Ireland, it's a subculture. Like an obscure musical genre or a desire to fund a sustainable national water system, only a core group of fanatics really understands it. The life of a League of Irelander is spent in the shadows. You walk into a pub and you know that nobody else wants to debate whether Ali Gilchrist can step up. You go for lunch with colleagues and instinctively know you're the only person who has spent the morning googling Christian Adrojan. It's part football league, part self-help group. That tends to make us a bit frightening to the rest of society. And they probably have a point. It's probably not normal to spend this much time thinking about Robbie Benson. The rest of society understands how strange our little cult is, but what they don't understand is the League of Ireland's biggest secret. It's actually fun. Yes, there's probably underlying issues with anyone who voluntarily enters the Carlisle grounds on a windy February, but that aside, we do it because we get something out of it. Most League of Ireland fans will tell you that it's more about the social side than the sporting one. It's about meeting your friends and making new ones, sharing a pint with someone who cares as deeply about the same thing as you do. In a world consumed with racism and hatred, why begrudge anyone who wants nothing more than to bait Sligo Rovers' all-time best fullbacks? The League of Ireland is a community. Like any community, it rallies around itself when required. The deaths of Mark Farron, Ryan McBride and Liam Miller hit us all. They were one of us. We had stood with them in the wind and the rain. They had travelled with us to Oriel, Turner's Cross and Richmond. We wept together when they fell. People in our community care deeply about their league. Like any issue in which people are emotionally invested, we get touchy about certain issues. Attendances is one. The average Premier Division attendance last season was 1,906. For the top three clubs, Cork, Dundalk and Rovers, the figures were 4,559, 2,705 
and 2,799 respectively. League of Ireland people tend to look at these figures and rapidly descend into an existential crisis. Invariably, somebody will call for a jihad against the local Liverpool supporters club. But are our figures really that bad? Average attendance at the RDS for Leinster's Pro 14 games this season has been 4,317. Munster's equivalent figure is just over 15,000. Average attendance at All-Ireland Senior Football Championship matches is around 13,000. These are all very healthy figures, but they are completely irrelevant to any debate about the popularity of the League of Ireland. Leinster and Munster are provincial teams, while the GEA Championship is contested by county sides. Comparing Bohemians with the Dubs makes no sense. A more accurate comparison would be with Nafina or Thomas Davis. Likewise, Cork City should not be compared with Munster Rugby. A fairer comparison would be with Cork Constitution, the current rugby club champions. The fact is that the League of Ireland is the best attended and most popular club competition in Ireland. No other clubs in Ireland can attract 2,000 people every second week for nine months. Rather than crying into our points about how the world doesn't love us, isn't it time we concentrated more on celebrating that fact and enjoying what we have. Our league isn't an elite global competition, but there's nothing wrong with that. Life would be lonely and miserable if we couldn't love anything that wasn't the best in the world. We have talented, honest players who always give 100%. We have a community of faces in every stadium, hundreds of people who you've never spoken to, but whom you always share a nod. February is too late for making resolutions, but here's mine anyway. Enjoy what we have and don't worry about what we don't. Let's enjoy our league for what it is and stop fixating on people who don't get it. We get it. Isn't that enough? Yeah, so that was Owen. Uh, dra- dramatically read now his, um, his, uh, his, his piece and he apologises for various mentions of both. So uh, yeah, that was that. So definitely check him out. So we're going to move on to uh, the touchy subject that was... The Derby and uh, the pre-match was good crack and Johnny Blues. We're gonna, I think we're gonna have to start inviting more D12 people in and, and really take over the 83. We were the 83 Invincibles heading out to to Daily Mount. Get El Nilo involved. Yeah, we'd uh, we'd we'd cans and Johnny Blues bottles on the 83, and uh, we weren't over drugs at the 83. No, no drugs. This time. Not happy with that. Yeah. Gonna have to try and sort. So there should be an app out there somewhere that'll sort out. <laughs> the 83 Invincibles were were slugging craft beer on the back of a. Bearded 83 Invincibles were slugging the crap here in the back of the 83 and we swiftly flew in. I have to say, cracker of a bus. Gets yeah. in really, flies in. So uh, onwards to uh, Castle Grayskull. To Mordor. To the depths of hell. To a PB-soaked heck hole. <laughs> yeah, <a piece. laughs> Oh, it was a brutal night, wasn't it? It really was. So we were in the hut and uh, like a procurement officer at times when it came to tickets... We uh, a couple of people were asking and we sorted them out. Big shout out to Ray Whelan for uh, helping people out as well. Touts actually looking to buy and sell tickets outside of a League of Ireland I ground. know, yeah. And that is unheard it's of. It's unheard of and it's fantastic to see as well. It really was. Someone overheard tickets going for 50 euro. See that, right? That, that's, that's shocking. I, Ray sent one, some guy down, I think it was Jay Mangan's uncle, sent him down to me. And uh, I was looking after him with a ticket. We had, a, we had an extra. And... Uh, he said, "Ah, oh, here, take the twenty. I said, "No, I gave him that. Made sure I gave him the change. I said, "No, that's. I'm not taking over the ticket price. Like, why would I? Not at all. 
didn't cost me anything. I'm in the pub drinking points. Somebody asked me if anyone needed a ticket. It's, it costed me nothing. So sent him on his way. He was happy enough. You know, he can't sell all. Anyone who does that is a wanker, let's be honest. And there's a lot of people out there who would probably get physical. There's a lot of uh, Rovers fans out there who would probably get physical if someone tried to sell them a, a, t- a ticket. Yeah, so the hut, uh, Prof, you found a few fans in the hut. Yeah, shout out to Shane McCormick. Prof's number one fan. Prof's number one fan. I reckon there's yeah. a couple of people out there who won't be happy, who are probably thinking, I'm the number one fan. But uh, that was uh, fantastic to me, anyone who actually talks about the podcast. I'm still, I, I still don't know how to react to people who say they love the podcast. I'm just so flattered yeah. by it, you know? And it's just something we do naturally. It's like we're just sitting here talking about Rovers. Fair enough, there's a little bit more involved, but it's... It's just us talking about Rover two fans, you know. I know it is hard to know what to say sometimes. And then the conversations just flow after yeah. that. We end up talking Rovers for an hour, and it's great. But the hut was hopping, absolutely jammed. You literally couldn't. It it took Packed me forever like to get in and out. Sardines, you were yeah, sardines, and a uh, great little bills. I love it on on a uh, derby day. And uh, then we decided to uh, head over and start to take in the atmosphere and soak it up. I must say, I loved that fifteen minutes before kickoff. It was unreal. Just like everything. Balls were playing some sort of Game of Thrones music. I yeah. don't know what it was. But just... The rain, wind swept night. Just the buzz. Like everyone waiting for kickoff. Waiting for the players to come out of the tunnel. That the, was it was epic. The talk. And back to the hut when the team yeah. came out. And you're, and the whole pub is erupting. Oh, we're going to start. And, oh, what <laughs> yeah. the floor? And like, oh yeah, Gilchrist. Like the, yeah. Just the whole... Four months in the waiting. Like, yeah, the whole yeah. timeline of the day was, was fantastic. So the pyro made its way into our lungs. Yeah, it's uh, the sulfuric smell. I love it. Yeah, even though the FAI supports you with zero tolerance stance on pyrotechnics. So down with that sort of thing. And here's the thing. Yeah, yeah, down with that sort of thing. Who? So what happens now? Like, what happens with that? Do balls get fined for us lighting flares? Or do we get fined for us lighting flares because it's in their venue? That's a bit of a tricky one, isn't it? I'm not too sure how that works. No, I'd sure. love to know so let's say Dundalk start banging out flares on Friday will we get the fine or do they get the fine so it's an interesting one I'm sure someone on the board can uh, can clear that one up and um, yeah so we are in day there an absolutely horrible night cold wet and windy definitely not ideal for football and uh, we're going to talk about that next what got dragged down to derby level was was the game in itself and the team came in we had Ali G left back Booyakasha and uh yeah, so those debuts for Eden Boyle and Joao Costant. But the biggest decision of all was a certain Kevin Horgan in goal and Tomer Hinchinski was dropped. And this... So he hasn't played since the Cup semi-final replay. Yep. The hut erupted when this when this came out. So I'm going to give my two cents on it. And I don't think he should have been dropped, Tomer. I think that it was a crazy decision to put Kevin Horgan in goal considering the amount of competitive football he's played at this level he's played a lot of 19s football he has played little or no senior football and he plunged him into a derby I just thought it was the wrong decision go back to what was his league debut do you remember his league debut was Cork away 4-1 away to the champions and he lost that the head his as well debut. Yeah, but I just don't think that it was what was right... Ray Peterson's league debut Sligo away 3-0 the champions I just don't think it was a good idea and we paid the price in the end because there was we'll talk about a couple of the mistakes in a while but that was the uh, the starting lineup. we had um, personally I would have started Davy Mack in the middle I thought that if the, in the lead up to the game I was listening to Bradzer's comments and it seemed like he was ready for a battle and I thought okay this is what it's going to be it's going to get turned into a scrap 
Davy Mack has to start. But the thing is, if you drop Davy, if you put Davy Mack in, you probably have to drop Bork. And Bork had that bit of magic, that bit of ran that random overhead out of nowhere, create a goal. So that's what you're looking at. It's a tough decision. Do you start those three midfielders, Finn, Boulder, and McAllister, and then you drop Bork? You're dropping that bit of magic that you have there, that bit of spontaneous brilliance that he's capable of. I don't think it was the choice between dropping Bork. I thought. Strain was the, was the big choice. Yeah, I, I didn't start him. None of us started him. But and that's the thing. Do you start Bork out wide where he's a little bit... That's not his natural I position. I think Bradley you know? is, is showing his faith in him by doing that. Yeah, I thought he, I thought he was uh, quite lively actually in the first half. First half he was, I yeah. He was I agree. Decent. Yeah. yeah, I definitely agree with you. He was going at his defender. But uh, he's. I think Brad is a fan of playing the, the wingers on opposite wings, isn't he? Right footer on the left, left footer on the right. Yeah. And uh, then we had the backs, the black numbers back on the jerseys, which looks it looks much better. The the gold yeah. ones, where I wasn't a fan at all. It's kind of hard to make out, especially for our, our our guys in the media box. Do you notice we have no number seven or eleven this season? No, not at all. We no. don't have a number seven. Nope, or eleven. So our new brand new signing, who was announced yesterday, Sean Cavanagh, he could probably get one of those. He'd probably get one then. I'd say seven or he's no seven or eleven. I think Stokes wore seven in the friendly, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. So we Pico's wearing number four now. Pico's wearing number four. My yeah. favourite number when I was a player. If you saw the squad photo, there's always one every year, isn't there? Someone closes their eyes. Uh, who's it this year? The photo. This year, it's Joel Castrain. <laughs> Joel. has closed his eyes. You, yeah, had, so... you had one job, Joel. Yeah. <laughs> and you had Mal Slattery looking like Marty Morrissey. <laughs> That's a kit man, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so um, back to a little bit of an analysis now. Um, Balls won 3-1 with all of their goals coming in the last 18 minutes. And uh, yeah, so Carl, it's back. The course of the set piece. I was I was raging. I think all the goals were set pieces. Well. Absolutely raging. If you call a goal kick a set piece, yeah. You pretty you, you called one from a corner, one from... Yeah, you, you could mm. say that. I mean, it is it is a set piece at the end of the day. It's Can we start the season again? <sighs> Um, I, 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 my, I had my fingers crossed so it doesn't count <laughs> tip me two heels yeah no yeah. it was just so frustrating I mean it was really really scrappy a uh, bit of magic from Bork like we talked about that overhead it was just oh, spontaneous like, it was magic it's a real acrobatic effort yeah it was, it was might I say Ronaldinho-esque it was uh, he was flailing arms and I legs say, yeah, when I very unorthodox I thought I was hugely impressed by Bork in the first half of the Brentford game I know it's on your friendly, but I thought this guy is on it and he's going to stare against balls. Yeah. Granted, we end up losing in the end. but And we asked everyone the question on last week's show, who's going to be your player of the year? Who's going to be your top scorer? Bork was in we there. Did, we didn't say our one, by the way. Mm-hmm. My answer to both is Graham Burke. Is Graham Burke top scorer and player of the year? Yeah. Wow, what a show. Oh yeah, Finn. So the goal, it was a, it was a set piece and... A, a loose ball just got plucked out of the air by Bork and the acrobatic overhead hit the bar mm. Supple was in no man's land he didn't expect it to hit the post and then super finish and he slipped as well yeah super yeah. finish on his left foot from Finn I yeah. mean it was a tough one to it was coming at pace on his bad foot buried it place went nuts it was fantastic great start and we're thinking lovely here we go we can contain these now and maybe nick another goal it was celebrations were pandemonium ah, it was ne- nuts nearly lost my glasses nearly lost the glasses <laughs> us, uh, us spectacle wearers have had uh, incidents over the years McDerrick got an elbow in the face once oh lovely a daily mount celebrating a goal yeah and any, it's, anything is possible when you when you score a daily mount mm-hmm. but uh, yeah so the second half uh, fourth half was pretty much a non-event and then the second half 
We have uh, Dan Casey. I don't know where they got this guy from. I've never heard him before. I think he got him from Sunderland. Or you can be corrected on that if if, if uh, somebody can let me know if I'm wrong. But what frustrates me most is something that we've highlighted a couple of times on the show now is that Pico Lopez seems to lose his man quite easily in the box on set pieces. And I, I counted at least four times last year where we conceded a goal and his man was the goal scorer. Once again, he lost him. I don't know what happened with Pico. I don't know. He maybe just loses concentration. But the ultimate solution is put him on the post. Don't have him marking anybody. It's it's a problem area. Yeah. And it's somewhere where we've conceded from last year a couple of times as well. So just put him on a post. It was it was hard watching all three goals back. It, For this one, Grace was wrestling with Corcoran. So yeah. that was him out of the And see the momentum that Casey got from losing them. I mean, Grace wasn't marking him, so it's he, he competed with him fair enough, but you can't you can't be expected to mark someone else's man and win the ball as well. So I go back to Brentford, albeit we changed the whole team in the second half. They scored their winning goal with a free header from a corner in the last minute. Uh, it needs to stop. I mean I thought we addressed this, you know, it was uh I thought we, we nipped it in the board. So hopefully, like I said, we will talk about this in a while about what we want and what we think of the game in general there had the been a, a couple of warnings actually before the goal like in the first half a corner came in Corkin had loads of time to take it down and shoot yeah and I think he hit it on yeah. his left did he there was a, a save down to Horgan's right as well um, mm. any other, anywhere else in the goal in, anywhere else in the goal it was it was in the back of the net so we'll move on to uh, Paddy Kavanagh's goal now which was straight from a goal kick which was very frustrating I mean fair enough you can lose a header in the middle of the park it happens you can, it's a 50-50 job they got a flick on but Ward's little neat header into the pathway of Cabinet and then the, the subsequent goal was uh, was very very hard to watch because it was route one stuff and we were caught cold and mm. it seemed like Horgan went down pretty easy as well sound, might sound like we're, we're gutting Horgan here but it's just the way it looked if you watch it back on TV he fell to his right before the shot was taken where I thought he should have advanced and made himself big cover the angles and maybe even take t- take a shot in the face or whatever b- block it down but he kind of fell to his right in terms of Tomer he's actually very good at that yeah, making himself big making big and shot and stopper, himself yeah. down yeah. so there's a lot a lot of issues here in that game the Van Chipper girls were happy the Van yeah. Chipper girls went yeah. viral yeah it was, it, was, well, it was funny in fairness yeah and uh, yeah so Owen Stokes came on he ended up signing for them after playing for us in the friendly with Brentford and it was just a case the way I'm looking into it, it was just a case of where we just couldn't offer him full-time, well, not full-time football, but we couldn't offer him a starting place. I mean, he, mm. he probably got told by both, listen, we'll, we'll look after you, we'll put you in, you're, you're bound to start here, like, what, three quarters of the games, where he'll have to fight really hard to get into our squad. Mm. And that's and if he wants to leave for the UK in the summer, it won't look like that much of a loss then, will it? Yeah, there you go, exactly. So that was Tavis Cavanagh's goal and Owen Stokes. And then... The cherry on top for them was Casey scoring a third, which was just a comedy, a, a comedy of errors. I mean, I think it was Gilchrist who tried to clear it, or Finn, I'm not too sure who, it wasn't Finn was off at that stage. Somebody tried to clear it, and it just looped up into the air. Horgan came out of his goal, and then just tracked back, and he was lobbed. So... He's in no man's land. I, I, yeah. I'm, like, the ball the ball cleared, fair enough. There was a lot of that as well, Carly. Did you notice that? There was a lot of scuffed passes a lot of scuff yeah. clearances, just a lot of nervousness play. and sort of like will we sum it up and say it was a derby? Is it the easy way out to say that the derby day got to us? It was the first day of the season, wet and windy night in Daily Mount Park, and it's just one of those things which I would like to say is the case. I, I I'm gonna go with that and say that's what it was. The nerves got to us, 
and we were a little bit naive as regarding our gameplay and, and we stooped to their level stooped to their level yeah. yeah and we made it a battle and they just they were we were poor they were poor but they had more endeavour about them and like I said we weren't helped by which are goalkeeping mistakes essentially I mean, if you come out in your box, you have you bore someone. Goalkeepers get serious protection. You go out and you can absolutely clatter someone, fist the ball out, fist them in the head. You're going to get away with it 90% of the time as a goalkeeper. Yeah, so he should have... I mean, the fact that he went for it in the first place, he looked like he was never going to get it. And then he was just lobbed by Casey. And pandemonium ensued in the ball's end. And Casey's first goal, I mean, at least Super he, head at least head, he placed it in the corner. The, the keeper the can't do anything about it. But this one... All he needed to do was just get his head on it, on target, and it was in. It was very, very frustrating. And, like, listen, we can put it down. A lot of people might might slate me and say I'm I'm making excuses for the team, but I'm confident that all the pre-season work that we've done, all the effort that we've put in since December, December 5th they're in the gym, January they started playing ball, it can't, be, it can't just get unraveled just by one derby game on a wet and windy night in Daily Mount at the start of the season. So I'm going to put it down to that. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. And say that it was a freak game. It's a derby as well. We know what happens in derbies. They get brought brought into a scrap, and we lost a scrap. We have a black eye. We'll we'll uh, we'll, we'll fight on it, and we'll, we'll we'll beat Dundalk. I think we'll beat Dundalk. We'll talk about that in a while. It was alarming to go from the way we played against Hammerby to that game because we were very good, very good against Hammerby. Played some nice stuff. What was it like? Fifteen shots on goal. Yeah. Nine and target. And then you have this game, as your pal thought you said, the ball got a serious lumping. He ah, spent a long time in the sky. Absolutely lumped around. And like I said, the thing is, it's there is a derby mentality. It's a different mind state for the, for the players. And it's it's just one of those things. So we'll, we'll, we'll call it a write-off. And uh, we'll talk about the goalkeeping situation now, Carl, which is, uh, like you just said not too long ago, he hasn't played since the Dundalk defeat in the cup so what do you put that down to I mean is it a case of Bradzer doesn't rate him is it a case of just picking a different goalkeeper I think Bradzer decided a few weeks ago that he's going to give Horgan at least the first six or seven games at least six or seven games Roy that's just my wild guess now but and does he start him off Roy I think he will yeah it's it's a, such a tough decision. It's it's something I don't think I'd like to be in charge of. To be honest, I mean, is there anything to be said for a third spell for Baz? No, definitely not. Although Magic might have something yeah. to say about that. Though he did fall over and see the goal straight from a corner last week, so maybe don't bring him back right now. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah. So that was the goalkeeping situation. And then we had Shazi in the paper. He said that there were some strong words in the dressing room afterwards. Some home truths, as he put it. Yeah, I have a little anecdote for you actually. This might be interesting. Okay. Do you remember the first season under Crawley? We trashed Pats 3-0 at home in our second game of the season. Right. First game was we went away to Dundalk. Stephen Kenny's first game in charge. 0-0. Yep. Home game. Hammered past 3-0. And I remember a story came out in the paper that the Pats players hashed it out in the dressing room in Tada that night. And they went down to win the league. Oh, wow. Yeah. So... We have to we have to get some sort of. Uh, I mean, that Pats team did not look like league winners that night. No. I'm not saying we're going to win the league. I'm just saying our season is perfectly salvageable. Yeah, and like, listen, it's one game in. Like, let's break it down. Like I just said, one game into the season, a wet, windy, away derby, Daily Mount Park, horrendous conditions, and we just didn't turn up. So hopefully, those home truths will 
we'll give them a kick up the arse and mm. we'll go out and perform because Dundalk are no great shakes. So they've what six new faces, probably a bit of a bedding in period there as well. This is a good time to play them. Great time to play them, especially at home, first game of the season. And and let's I reckon the big pigeon we will enforce our style of playing them. And uh uh we had some reactions, Carl. Rovers fans' reactions. It was like Tommy Kelly's list of hatred <laughs> is bulging at the moment. <laughs> but uh yeah, no, I um I I really was in a rotten mood that after that game and I can't remember uh that's the least enjoyable game. Derby. Bowes Derby I've ever I've, I've watched it in a long, long time. Can you remember something that was... Well, the 4 nil defeat. You know, yeah, maybe so, but that was just so... I was more of in a state of shock that day. Yeah, yeah, more of a shock. But this, this one was, was just so kind of, frustrating, yeah, wasn't really it? Frustrated. Really frustrating. I took Tommy Kelly's advice about not posting immediately after a yeah, game. Yeah, you took a while. In fact, I, t- I went even further. Not only did I not post, I did not read it. So, by the time I got around At to all. Facebook... yeah, You didn't read it once? By the time I got around to it, you did a Maloney and turned I, your phone off. I was reading the reaction to the reaction, so I was reading all these threads about what people had said in the last two days. <laughs> it was crazy, yeah. but look, that's the passion that we have yeah. for, for the derby. You know, people get so frustrated, and I guarantee you if that was up and done, Doc, there wouldn't be half as many threads or on forum chat. You know, but there was a great quote. I can't remember who said this. It might have been uh, Ray Whelan, but it was uh, nothing like a defeat to them to knock four months of that early season optimism out of you. Yeah. Four months of good pre-season and optimism knocked out of you with one couple of kicks of a ball in Daily Mount Park. Yeah, the, uh, so, I mean, the thing is, see, when you're walking down that laneway after a defeat in, in Daily Mount, everyone just talks to everyone. And if you have an opinion, you just butt in in the middle of a conversation. Like, I, I think I, I was walking by some guy and they're just giving out about Horgan. You just butt into the conversation. Everybody just butts into each other conversation going, yeah, 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 we agree with that. No, 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 he shouldn't have started. It's, it's just... It's... <laughs> and then it carries on to the pub. Yeah. yeah, carries on to the pub. Yeah, so we'll move on now. And uh, like I said, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful for Friday. And we'll put it behind us. But we're going to talk about Brian Kerr's commentary quotes. And once again... He is the most qualified man, the most qualified man in Irish football, and he said you could throw Cleary's blanket over him, and that's if Cleary's was still open. <laughs> and the players bunching up from a goal kick, which was a sight to behold as well. Uh, it was very congested. It was the, crazy, like a gag field, game, wasn't it? Yeah. And uh, the first half was so bad, I thought the ambulance men were going to come and take the ball away to the hospital and put it out of its misery. <laughs> got to get him on the show, girl. Got to work on it. Roddy said we served up a derby disgrace and that the two benches should be ashamed for the fair served up. Roddy is some boy, wasn't he? You know things are bad when Roddy is right. Roddy was right, but jeez, come on. Roddy. Yeah, so we had Cornwall and Duna on Instagram. Cornwall put up a photo of himself celebrating in front of the Rovers players saying football loves us. So that was that's a cheeky, cheeky post. And then you had Duna underneath saying it was class. So these lads are inching towards the list of hatred here. Remember Sean Boyd called doing a snake a yeah, couple of months back? Yeah, he is a little snake. And uh, Cornwall on the list of hatred, I'm not sure. You were saying he might do us a favour in future derbies. Yeah, he's not a good enough player to deserve to <laughs> go on this list because he's so mediocre, he's going to do us a favour next time we beat balls. He it really is. And I can't mediocre. hate a man who's going to help us get three points. And doing it being a snake that he is, um, oh, do you know what? We, I don't think they're even worth the list of hatred. I'm sure they'll crop up again and give us another reason, a better reason, to put them on the list of hatred. And uh, Killian Brennan on Twitter, prof, he was at it again. 
he was talking, he was just pretty much like the piss out of Rovers. And uh, Darren Heffernan had a brilliant reply to Brennan. He says, you bleeding tramp you. You and all them horrible brothers of yours and your sister. <laughs> I'd say there was some more. Well, what made me laugh about that was his sister is actually already on the list of hatred because Andrew yeah. Proctor, Andrew Proctor made sure of that. At the start, at the end of the season special last year, yeah. And just a note on the list of hatred, uh, if you remember that Dunster wanted Greg Bulger removed. Yep. And I made it sound like a, an ancient curse, like, only he who names can unname. <laughs> and has to, yeah. There has to be some sort of uh, ritual, blood <laughs> spilt and... So, I don't know, he has to come off with something. No, he has yeah. to be retracted from yeah. uh, the guy who put it on him, so which is Dan Fulham. So mm. Dan Fulham, when you get back from Oz... or Wh- Whenever that is. Whenever that is, yeah, he might end up staying over there. But just as, if you want to take him off, take him off. But it's up to you. And we'll move on to other results from the League of Ireland this week. We Dundalk nil, Bray nil. Quite a shock. Uh, six changes to the squad, six new faces in the Dundalk team. And Bray have just been trying to pretty, pretty much rebuild from the disastrous season that was last season. Uh, I was surprised at this one, Prof. I, I would have went for a minus one or two. Surprising so, result, yeah. Apparently Bray just defending well and frustrated them. But. There was a couple, quite a couple, of, and Dundalk had chances, let's be honest. Uh, Dave Mackey he he was pretty confident afterwards and he thought they could build on it and that they could have nicked one on the counter attack but they I think Dundalk it was just they were a misfire and they, they should have really won if you look at a lot of pre-season prediction tables most people are having Limerick and Bray in their bottom two aren't they yeah I think uh, I, I'm backing Limerick to go down to to be honest even though they did nick a win against Sligo I did tip Sligo to do well but like I said, this is the start of the season and it's early days. But I think Limerick might be just that little bit inexperienced. Uh, especially the gaffer as well. So, uh, former hoop, Tommy Barrett, isn't it? Yeah, he played for us in 2007. 2007. Just after. Uh, fourth season in after relegation, I believe, is it? Mm-hmm. So, we'll move on to Pats losing 2-3 at home in Richmond to Cork City. A bit of a mad game, this. Uh, Rob Harvey was the ref and quite controversial circumstances Grain Cummins was sent off so they went 2-0 up Cork mm-hmm. and then Pats pulled it back to 2-all and then a, a comedy of errors for the third goal which just evaded Baz corner from Sadler who looks a right player this season mm. and uh, just went in it was like an own goal from Lee Desmond or something like that but it was just a poor poor goal to concede that was quite a league debut for, for Cummins a goal assist and a red card in yeah. the first 25 minutes great assist super finish and yeah. uh, I'm not sure if it was a red I mean the camera angle wasn't great no, but no definitely, Dino called it definitely was not I didn't a red. think it was at all it was a stupid decision I couldn't believe it and uh, yeah so that was uh, that's probably going to be a three game ban now and that's Graham Cummins so that's him out for three games. I'm guessing with a straight red, unless I don't. They don't really get. They don't really appeal these, do they? So, well, they do appeal them if they feel like they were wrong, but it, it never really gets rescinded, does it? No. And we have Waterford as well with Carl's Carl's tip of the week. I think you got them at seventeen to ten, did you? Uh, it's thirteen to eight. I think I got thirteen to eight. Still yeah. great show and a two-one win for them. And Bastien Henry ran the show. <laughs> I think I'm going to quit while I'm ahead now because I made one bet last year and that was Pat's minus one against Cork. I made one this year and I think I'm just going to be done now. Actual bets, yeah. yeah. Actual money bets. If I did just... one every week, I would lose every week. If I just pick out oh, one now and then. Hey, listen, join yeah. the club. Join the, the gamblers club. Not No way every gambler wins, wins every week. It's just for interest, really. Totally, I'll yeah. accumulate on, you know. That game nearly didn't go ahead because of the pitch. It was torrential oh, rain. It was brutal, yeah. 
and like for a pitch that's been winning awards for years as pitch of the season it was it was really poor so the the the, the weather really battered that pitch and hopefully it's it will recover in time for the next couple of weeks good to see Waterford back in the top flight yeah yeah I can't wait to get down there two and a half thousand over two and a half thousand at the, at the game mm. I definitely can't wait to go down and that's, sample the, if they have a bar or yeah. if they have a, any, any burger stands that'll be on TV as well that one that'll be on TV yeah, hopefully it doesn't affect the attendance it's a myth actually that newly promoted teams usually go down Cause not, especially in League of Ireland not in this league they actually stay up more often they than are not. really strong Really strong. They've got. They've recruited sometimes they really finish well. mid table. Right. They've recruited really well, and I can see Waterford doing really well this season, especially with Bastia in the middle of the park. He got on great with Custron. Yeah, <laughs> I can't wait till we played him. And there's an incident between the two of them, and I have to talk about it. I will move on to Soccer Republic now as well. We did Stewie Bourne and who else have we got? With Fabio O'Brien. Fabio O'Brien actually works in the building next to me. I only found out. So I might go in and, and see if he's up for some analysis. Is he as bland there as he is on TV? <laughs> I don't think he even puts butter on his toast, Carl. He's that bland. <laughs> yeah, I'd say a lot of Robbers fans skipped the Soccer Republic highlights this week. Do you know what? I, I Once again, enjoy the pain. So, like James Cook, a bit of a masochist. I mean, we have to watch it back because I want to know what's going on in the team, what's wrong. Uh Jesus, I don't think. Uh, Here's Stewie Burns' solution. Well, what? Yeah. Um, Apparently, we tired ourselves out from the warm-up. No, I don't know. I didn't see it. That that could be a thing. It sounded kind of bogus to me. It, to be honest. Well, you never know. I mean, for the whole he game, said it was intense. Yeah, no, true, true. I mean, our fitness levels should be up there anyway. So yeah, I think yeah, you could be right there. Our fitness levels would be extremely high. I'd, I'd be guessing, considering we're in the gym. And doing doing work since December, so yeah, maybe maybe that's uh, it's just a cop out for him. He need, he had to say something, didn't he? Had to be different. And we have to talk about Gar, the commentary. Oh my god! Into the dark break game. No, seriously, <laughs> seriously, they actually let that air. They let that on television. Uh, National broadcaster actually let that out broadcast. It was horrendous. She was struggling but, to keep up with it. Obviously, she, it was it was on a page in front of her, and somebody wrote it out for her and says, "Okay, right, here's what you're gonna say. Try and keep up with the play." It was. But do you know why it was bad though? Reds, <laughs> what? Because you watched that, and did you watch the highlights of the Waterford game? Yeah. Mm. You had no qualms about that, did you? No. What was the difference though? Oh, then know you tell me. Tell me your revelation. There was a, there was a distinct difference. What's your revelation? And that is Siobhan Madigan doing that game. She was pretending to do it live, match of the day style. Right. Whereas Marie Crow on the Waterford one, she was actually there. She did the roundup of the highlights. Ah. She just summarised what happened. Right. Whereas Siobhan is like pretending as to be to talking actually as be it's there, happening. Yeah. She's been doing those roundups for years on Soccer Public, mm. but she's never tried that live style before. And it 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 failed. It was horrendous. Yeah, it was. Someone said it and was uh, Brian Kerr's daughter. <laughs> she she had this quote, and I, I this actually this actually aired on television. This the following quote: <laughs> Bray haven't won any of their games in pre-season. They're coming into this one a little bit cold. Aaron Green, he's not cold though. He gets away from Massey. That's it. <laughs> he's not cold. He's got a jumper on. <laughs> <laughs> if you tell Saturday Night Live. That we have a football highlight show and they wanted to parody it. Parody uh, it. 
this is what they would actually yeah, do. Yeah, no, it's 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 brilliant. I think we should parody. Par- we should do this every week. We should parody something on Soccer Republic every week. Yeah, so the I think it's a po- like you said podcast orgy at the minute. Greatest league in the world podcast. Friend of the podcast, Con Murphy, is now come out with the official Electricity podcast. Am I right? That's right. Yeah, listen to us. Yeah, it's very good. Good, good stuff from Con. Fantastic. Yeah, the Paul Dillon and Conan Byrne is his regular co-host. And I have to say, I'm making it my business to listen to every League of Ireland podcast mm. this week. No, in general, each week. I mean, why not? Do shift work. Loads of time to listen to it. Give it a bash and see how we get on. I have to say, I like the ET Sportscast. I think that's great. That's really informative. Um, Got Ron McDowell on that one. Yeah, really, really good. And I don't think I get... 98, I love Dan McDonald. I think he's really good. Who sounds strangely like Pat Martin? Check it out. Yeah. Listen back, check it out. There's quite a, a, a <laughs> comparison there. But Johnny Ward, um, I'm hoping he's not anti Rovers again. But um, Do you notice they had the president on the Greatest League in the World podcast? Yeah, well, I won't say who did that first. Uh, it's been done. Uh, old news, old news. Me and Higgy go way back. <laughs> Higgy, is that, <laughs> is that how you know him? Yeah, so uh, some really good. It's it's fantastic to see. I mean, eight, I think there's what there's there's um, League of Ireland <laughs> Weekly. There's the ET Sportscast. You've got the Limerick Podcast. I think you've got Cork Rebel Radio. You've got all greatest Saints. league in the world, All Pats Saints. One, yeah. yeah, and of course, East End Pod. Tales from the East End, um, <laughs> which we do not claim to be the number one podcast. We do not have any sort of false sense of uh, triumph or. Anything like that. We're just two lads in a shed, drinking cans, talking about Rovers. And that's all we'll ever be. So we'll move on to a little bit more news now. We have a Luca Grazza, who has signed for Drogheda, our former young goalkeeper. Made a couple of appearances in pre-season games, maybe. I think I I remember seeing him. I think he played against a senior cup game once, yeah. Possibly is what it was, yeah. Was it that one in Kilkenny last year? Remember we were surprised that Horgan didn't play? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was the the one that uh, you missed, Carl. Super fan. No Ruined more. Ruined my perfect record. <laughs> and we had Aaron Dobbs got two goals for the under 19s Two lovely neat headers against Romania. So it's good to see him get off the mark and start playing well. Who's still a prospect in my eyes? I would definitely love to see him groomed and uh, enter our first team fray eventually because he's a he's a fox in the box and he's an option that we actually don't have at the moment. Uh, a finisher in the box because he's a workhorse a grafter and he'll get you goals getting onto the end of crosses and if he's put in but our fox in the box type striker remains to be seen maybe Carr could be that guy but uh, yeah definitely a prospect oh we did mention Carr actually he came on in Daily Mount and he looked lively looked too looked lively yeah did definitely got did a, got a few shots off yeah something that we do I, I see where Bradley means in that he's unpredictable I can see see him catching defences by surprise. Yeah, he's he's confident as well. And uh, Aaron Dobbs is back off of Roachie's couch now as well. So like <laughs> I said, a lot of stains on that couch. <laughs> Every stain tells a story. Do you want to rephrase that? Or? <laughs> that sounds wrong. <laughs> yeah, I'll keep it in, why not? It's the truth. And um, yeah, so Rovers were the most representative of any club with three squad players in the Ireland under-17s. Double header with Turkey last week. Two draws, I think it was, Carl, wasn't it? Uh, good luck to Keen Clark, goalkeeper, Keen Kelly, and James Furlong. So, definitely representing for our, uh, our Roadstone project. So, that's our young guys who are getting caps. 
And we had it on the 14s SFAI Cup last 16, which was Evergreen Tree. This was brilliant. This is all on social media, so check it out if you can. Evergreen FC Tree, who are quite the heavyweight in Kilkenny youth football. And uh, Shamrock was 4 3 0 down. And half time. Epic comeback. Yeah. It's a 4-3 and a fantastic free kick to win it. Even a pitch invasion at the end. Yeah, pitch invasion. So really, really good stuff from our under 14. So definitely check it out, lads. It was it was a classic game. Did you see who our under 14's coach is now? Who's our under 14's coach, Prof? No way. There we go. There's our inroad to get him on. Definitely. But he might be a little bit shy now that he's officially a part of the club. We'll have to get him in, get him full of cans. And... Um, yeah, Shamrock Rovers have a new representative from the club's birthplace. A rings end that Sean Kavanagh was unveiled and Cavo frequently featured in the Pride of, of Rings End 5 aside prior to this move to Fulham 2011. Naturally, the Pride of Rings End will be sponsoring him and his home short for 2018. This is a, this is a bit of a coup, I reckon. I mean, we, we got him right from under Derry's nose. Shields was not happy. He was uh, said his accommodation was sorted. Absolutely everything was in place. And then Bradza came in, swooped in, and our football department signed him. Yes. Just from under Derry's noses. Now this guy, I watched a bit of his highlight reel, and he's a bit of a wand of a left foot. Yeah, he can crack a ball in, and I'm guessing. See that goal he scored against Norwich is sweet finish. Yeah. I'm not too sure how he'll fit in. He he seems like one of these technically gifted guys that could play anywhere. I'm guessing, considering we'll go on to our predictions in a while. We'll actually, we'll go on to predictions in a while. We won't talk about that yet. So that's our new sign, is Sean Cavanagh. Rings end man, and was, uh, uh, Sean Gannon. Was he our last rings end rover? He has to be. Yeah, I think yeah. so. He has to be. So Kavanaugh will go straight into the squad for Friday's night game and Dundalk, Tallis Stadium pending international clearance and Peter Fitzpatrick tipped us in this a couple of months ago but he had been training with us wasn't he? We just couldn't get a deal done. A couple of, I think uh, maybe a year or so ago he was on the radar if he wasn't training with us he was on the radar so we got our man in the end and uh, could be our transfer business done because Bradza said in an interview that he wanted one more player. This is that one more player one more attacking player so I think that's it. I think that's our bit of business done. And we'll go on to Damien Duff's role now. Yeah. Um, Kavanagh was there in the academy while Duff was at Fulham. So, so was they it. knew each other, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so Duffer spoke really highly of him from his time at Fulham and he was known for his pinpoint crosses. Yeah, so the wand of a left foot. He could play the fiddle with it, apparently. We have a lot of players who can play multiple positions, don't we? Like O'Brien, Boyle... It's, I think it is a good thing but we would like yeah. to lock players down to certain positions I think so um, yeah so as I said uh, Shields was not happy the master of the mind games uh, he reckons he's going to be the best left back in the league oh man yeah. uh, and what's what? like our left side has serious potential so I mean the pace of Coustron and you have Trev playing left full possibly who's suspended for this one again which is so frustrating. You got Lukey, who's still struggling with an injury. So he could go straight in at left full, or you could have Ali G. We'll talk about that now. Our predictions are coming up. But Shields is definitely not happy. Well done to LOI Transfers for breaking the story. Two minutes after it came out in the Dairy Journal. Don't know how they do it. Yes, we do all read the Dairy Journal, by the way. <laughs> uh, yeah, so people remember that we had a player with the same name, Sean the Blanchestown Blizzard Cabinet in the mid 90s. Two time Young Player of the Year winner. So uh, that brought people back, and uh, that's two signings in a row now without a green jumper. What's going on? Without a green jumper, yeah, I'm not happy. Bring back the jumper petition. We'll get a petition going online. And uh, also, it's nice to have a story about another club missing out on a target, because by my count now, that's 
none for Dundalk, none for Cork, one for Derry, and fifteen for Rovers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so the next up, we're gonna have uh, Young Pat Toy is doing to hell and back, and he's um, he's raising money. He's doing it on June sixteenth. And he's doing it to raise money for Crumlin's Children Hospital. So last time he raised over a thousand for them, and he wants to beat at this time. Now he's getting old, and the legs are weary, so it could take him a day or two to get it done. But he'll get it done eventually. And uh, he's uh, doing things. It's really, really good cause. So listen, if you need him, get on touch with him. He's on Patrick Tutty on Instagram, or you can find him in the East Stand every week and at most away games. So uh, he's doing that for a great cause. So definitely get him, a, get a few quid, and um, send it his way. Yeah, so, Prof, what we're all waiting for, have we any stats? Well, we're not doing the full stats yet. Maybe maybe start next week, but did you see the one going around about the 14 defeats? Did you see that one? No. Come on. Enlighten us. Yeah, it's not a pleasant one. Yeah, we're, we're mid-recording here. Carl's just checking the stats. We have Gary Armstrong wondering what day it's coming out, so... Yeah, we got back to him and we were literally recording as he as he messaged us. So it's good to say he's all over Europe. I think he was in Australia at one stage with Ray Wilson and then he knocks, I think he drives a bus all over Europe. So pretty cool lifestyle at the moment and missing Rovers badly. So we're keeping him updated with all of our uh, all of our goings on at Rovers. So big shout out to Gary Armstrong, a staunch listener. Go on, Prof, hit us with the stats. Yeah, it went at... Um Rovers have lost 14 of their last 34 league games whereas Dundalk and Cork have only lost 14 of their last 100 wow that's a stat and a half it wasn't mine I could Cork or Dundalk fan but the other stat was that uh, the last time we lost to Bowes in opening day was in 1984 and we actually went on to win the league with a rookie goalkeeper Jody Byrne oh, Jody Byrne yeah one more stat, and this is a scary one. So it's a doozy. Plug your ears now. <laughs> Rovers have lost a game with a half-time lead only four times in all competitions since 2011. Oh, wow. And three of those four were at Daily Mount Park. There we go, it's a course. Blip, minor blip, okay. So that was after extra time, 2011, that's your senior cup. June 2015... 3-1 and last week and the other was 2-1 away to Pats last season when Heaney got sent off in the first half okay so yeah we'll put it down to a minor blip and they're all Dublin derbies all four of them this includes Europe everything oh, man let's go to starting 11 and predictions <laughs> Gary just died inside yeah so starting 11s and predictions Um oh I'm not, I'm not, this is, I've been struggling with this. Do you know what? I think I might change it again. Do you want to go first? Because I'm still mulling this over, Prof. Well, obviously the goalkeeper is the big one. And like I said, I think Bradley is going to play Horgan for the first six, seven games anyway. If it were me, I would bring Tomer back. So left back, here's the one where I think we're going to differ. I'm oh, going Joey O'Brien. Oh, Joey O'Brien. Joey O'Brien, left back. Okay. Yep. And Gilchrist... I saw some people criticising him for the game. I mean, he was playing out position in Daily Mount. Did a job. I actually thought he looked quite good in terms of... He was making good interceptions. He's a no-nonsense defender. Makes blocks interceptions. And so I'm going to put him beside Grace. Okay. Ethan Boyle right back, obviously. Midfield, 
I'm actually going to keep it the same because I want to see Kustrain make his home debut against Undark where we play with loads of energy and hopefully make chances so I want to see what he can do so I'm playing the same team basically in the, in the attacking positions see the thing is what I'm struggling with is their pace on the wings right so Boyle Boyle would be okay with pace Gil, Gil see how, how fit is Cabinet so I'm going to go Tomber and goal as well I think Pico and Grace are good together so I'm going to start the two of them again I think they do have a good understanding they were just people have bad games but Pico is not allowed mark you're stuck on a post stay on the post Don't, not allowed mark from corners and to accommodate that people might say I'm accommodating that but he's he's just not great American he's a good player but he's just not great American which is the case with some fullbacks which is the case with some people some midfielders Brando's rubbish American put him on a post Pico goes on the post because he loses man too often and we can see a goal so Pico and Grace centre half I'm going to go Boyle Roy full I'm going to start Davy Mack and Bulger depends on Finn if he's if he's fit he's a bit of a calf strain so we're not sure about that so I'm going to start the three lads in the middle Bulger, Davy Mack and Finn if Finn is not if he can't play I'd put Bourke in the hole there but other than that I'm going to put Coustron on the left I'm going to put Bourke out wide but I like I want Bourke to be able to drift in so I'm not necessarily putting him out wide. I'm putting him in a free roll on the right where Brando is. And Brando was dropped. Because Brando just didn't apply himself in the derby. And he was... I think when he came off, I said, there's Brando. First time we saw him all game. So he has to be dropped. He can't keep going hiding in these games. So Brando's dropped for me and Sharp plays up front. So it's Gilchrist, left full. I'm hoping he can cope with the, with, with the pace. And I'm going to put him in there. So Gilchrist, Pico, Grace, Boyle. You're going to have Bulger, Davy Mack and Finn if he's fit. Bork and Coustran as our attacking players behind Shaw, not necessarily wingers. So we'll hopefully mm-hmm. we can get back to the way we played at the, towards the end of last season. And that is that. And uh, I'd like to welcome Joey's wife, Joanne, to Tata Stadium. A Crumlin native, I do believe. Yep. Free access to the suite for a former Miss Universe. <laughs> former Miss Universe, no way. Those are the rules. I think there was an early bird offer. <laughs> Yeah, I think I remember. I seem to remember being around Crumlin back in, our, in your days when you hung around the streets. But I think it's all about how we approach this game. Really I know is. I know there is pressure. I know it's not going to be great if we do lose the game. But if we play well, put in a good performance, I think people will settle down. I think we have to take the approach that we took last year in general is where we attacked teams at Tala and we went for them if we sit back they'll probably tear us to shreds so let's just attack them and pressure them push them high up the pitch and, and force our game on them which is I mean what what we did for the majority of last year and uh, Dundalk I reckon we're looking at there's a couple of injuries there you're going to have who? What's, let's say it's going to be Rodgers and Gaul you're going to have Jarvis or Massey left full Gannon right full centre half Gartland with maybe uh, no Barry's with Cork who, who else could play centre half for them we're not too sure, but it's going to be... Benson is the danger man there. You need to eliminate Benson. Davy Mack, straight into Benson, and eliminate mm. the danger that is him, because he's, he's, he's been a thorn on our side for years. Scored, I think, six McElhaney's goals gone, Bembelon's gone, and McMillan's gone. That's a spine gone, although they do still have a quite... Duffy's quite a, a threat, but we do have to... Yeah, so Dundalk, I mean, we... They, they could have those... They could have Adjornan, I think his name is. Adjornan. And they could have... Uh, Lithuanian? Th- yeah, no, that's the Hungarian and the Lithuanian. Apparently he showed a couple of nice touches. But well, listen, it's it's a... 
it's a new faces in this Stuntalk squad, so we're going to take time to bed. And I think Brad's like Brad's just happy with the squad that he had last year, and he wants to work with them and and progress with them. So I think we're going to see uh, we're going to see a good game anyway. So uh, Daniel Cleary signed for Dundalk in a bit of a saga. We we brought him to preseason. We wined and dined him. We did the whole lot. He was in Portugal, and uh, he just fucked off and signed for Dundalk. So well, what we're hearing is that there was an attitude. Problem yeah, with, that's what we're Cleary. hearing through the grapevine. So. Listen, this I'm not too sure how it panned out, but um, I think we we're top heavy in that area anyway. So it, did, it worked out in the end. We ended up getting Cavanaugh in. It was unusual for a player to be with us four weeks to fly him to Portugal, to be at the the Jersey launch sitting there, and then not sign. Yeah, I know, it was, it was strange. It was nuts. Yeah. So um, so we'll, we'll it'll probably work out in the end. And then we had Kenny in the media, Carl, talking about how we tried to lure Gannon and Garland. His mind games attempts are awful. Well, he said that Roberts threw the kitchen sink at him, said Stephen Kenny, who proceeded to hand Gannon a three-year contract. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I apparently from what I heard was that a deal was agreed with Gannon, and uh, apparently he came back to Roberts and says, I've been offered a three-year deal, blah, 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 certain amount a week, two grand a week is what we're hearing, and we stuck to our guns and says, no, we agreed a deal. So don't come back to us trying to negotiate when we agreed on something. Fuck off to Dundalk. Pretty much. But listen, that could be just rumours. You know what it's like. True to great point. And uh, Dundalk starting 11. Had an average of 26 last week. Corks was the oldest at 28. And Rovers was the youngest at 24.2. So that's our young guns. Uh, trailblazers. Well, not exactly trailblazers at the moment. But we hope to be. And uh, people were remembering bad Rovers fullbacks in the forum, and SFPR had a great one. My memory plays tricks with me nowadays, but I now have a vague recollection of being out in Belfield, and Garrett Kelly was having his usual shocker. Some elbow shouted out something like, Garrett, you're bleeding useless. Followed by another voice, Ah, now, Mrs. Kelly, would you ever go easy on him? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, that was uh, Kerry Gilbert falls into that one as well Connor Powell falls into that one for me yeah so uh, yeah Carl you wanted to talk about Bray uh, we're home to Bray on Monday yeah and I think you mentioned earlier that Dave Mackey is their manager and I believe he was our under 19's manager for a when, period when yeah. Crotty was here oh I yeah. didn't know that and as a player he won the title with Dundalk and interestingly his career pretty much ended one day against Rovers in the RDS bad injury was it tackle with Peter Eccles yeah and his dad Jerry Mackey he played for Rovers in the 1950s okay 1950s and he was on the cram committee in 1987 ah a bit of a Rovers connection there yeah. pretty cool but now we're going to move on to our match day sponsorship and um, there's a it's pretty much if if you're looking to get your company involved a category match A sponsorship which includes the likes of balls pats Dundalk FC and Cork, so um, that would be two and a half thousand quid. So if you're looking to get your your company to sponsor a game, you can even go for down to fifteen hundred as well, which is a category B match. But the match day sponsorship package is ten main stand reserve tickets. You've got pre pre match meal for ten people, two complimentary drinks per person. Uh, so you're getting wined and dined and fed. Full access to 1899 pre-match, halftime and after the game. You can meet and greet with the players and the management. Full ad in the match day programme. Public address. And you've got your logo on the club site. Signage in the 1899 suite. Club photographer in attendance. So you've got all sorts going on. And it's a 
Category A match, 2,500. Category B match is for the lesser teams in the league, 1,500 quid. So anyone with a company out there who's looking to get exposure, definitely let the club know and contact Brendan Murray for a sponsorship opportunity. So um, it's definitely worth giving it a go if you're looking for some really good exposure. And then we have another big one, Carl. We have the launch of the 1899 Glenmore yes. Sports Bar. Hallelujah. It's finally happening. And we've got all sorts going on. So we have officially beer deals, Carl. You're going to love this one. Three bottles of Molson for 10 quid. I mean, that's what's going to get people in. Get people in for cheap beer. You've got uh, Draft. You've got Guinness Draft. You've got uh, Carling on Draft. That's a fiver a pop. You've got the famous Tala Burger. We're going to have to come up with something. The Glenmore Burger. The... Yeah. The uh, Glen, what can we come up with? The eighteen ninety nine bore something. We'll come up with something snazzy. So it's hot food for a fiver. So hot food for a fiver. You get curry for a fiver. You can get a burger for a fiver, and you can get three bottles of Molson for a tenner. And you have Guinness and Carlin on draft. Season ticket holders with a bar pass, and members are allowed in. And members can bring a guest. Opens at six o'clock, and like we said, I heard it's going to be tropic. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's on the poster, is it? Yeah, going to be traffic. Yeah. There's going to be a DJ. Uh, we're going to have big, massive screens for the Derry game. They won't be in on this Friday for Dundalk, but we're going to have huge, big screens. It's going to be like a sports bar type vibe. So you're going to get your pub grub, your cheap beer, three for a tenner Molson, and uh, opens at six o'clock. So get in there, pack the place, sing a couple of songs. We'll, we'll get a, a, an atmosphere going. Good to see that uh, Dan Fulham and Gary Slevin have offered their DJ services. Yeah, and uh, quite an eclectic taste in music there. You've got all sorts going on. So we'll look out for our, our nights, our social nights. And uh, we've got bottles of Bummers for €4 as well for you cider drinkers out there. Bottles of Heineken, Coors Light, €4. Euro, big, big bar. And uh, like I said, the promo, 3 for 10. Get it into you. So you're going in, you've got three bottles and a burger for 15 quid. What, what more could you want? Beer, Rovers and burgers. It's a good little catch line, isn't it? Yeah, so definitely head down. Starts at 6 o'clock and uh, we'll pack out the place and create an atmosphere, a few beers into us and then we'll we'll, uh, we'll, we'll go from there. And also we do, Tales from the East, I have a poker night, which is going to be June 16th, same day as young Pat Tutty's running the, the hell and back so he can come up all knackered and, and, and dirty to play poker with us it's going to be in Peachtree East starting at 7 o'clock we'll have more details as they develop but it's going to be a good night tickets will be 25 quid so we will uh, update you on any developments as they come along and mm. it will be 7 o'clock till late so we are looking at you know what poker's like poker has no cut off it'll be on until maybe 2 in the morning if it comes in the bars lay food from Peachtree East as well they will supply food in the night so it'll be a good rovers night and we will let you know on any more developments as that uh, comes along. And fun fact, before Daniel Blues Bar was a studio that records a podcast, it was actually a poker bar. It certainly was. And Johnny Blue, the River King, watch out for him on the night. He is some man for the river. Is he not barred now? No, <laughs> we have to let him in and let him loose on actual <laughs> real poker players. So, um, so uh, yeah, so that's it. Our SRFC playlist. Don't forget to check that out. The tracks you'll hear on the PA on match nights. I have to say, we, this it's a it's a mainstay in Johnny Blues every match day. Now we throw it on, and there's some absolute crackers. Mm. And I think if we were to have a permanent song for the start of the podcast, I think it would have to be uh, the song we started with last week. It's it's an absolute beaut. The the punk Swedish yeah. punk Swedish one. Absolutely love that song. So if we were to ever 
cement a song in, I think it would be that. I was asked did, did Dunster choose that one, but no, that was I think it was uh, Jim Toner. Suggested yeah, Jim Toner. Yeah. I think one of our biggest fans. I must say. Yeah. I think he might be on the list for the end of season special to get him into Johnny Blues. Well, on the Rovers playlist for uh, Mash Nights, the Dueling Banjos is on there. I'm sure that's nothing to do with them, Doc. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, so definitely check it out. It's an eclectic mix. And the Profs playlist, of course, is on Spotify as well. So you can check that one out. Oh, someone, uh, Mark Welch, asked me about Profs playlist. and was like, I have no idea what music you're into. After looking at your playlist. <laughs> yeah, it's such a mix, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, so Prof, uh, you're still writing for the programme. An excellent read every week, or whenever we're playing a home game. So what's your first article about of the season? It's an insight into the inner workings of signing new players. Oh, I'm loving this. Yes. That's something that I was fascinated with. And it started off with Championship Manager trying to sign players. <laughs> and uh, give us an insight there. Give us a quick little taster. Like a green jumper expose. A green jumper expose. No, it's just a little thing on my on my interviews with each player where I did them funny stuff to happen, setting it up. How you how we come about signing for the club. Putting out the media releases and things like that. So Yeah, I love the inner yeah. workings of that. It's I think it's uh, really interesting. Dripping in sarcasm, if that's your thing. <laughs> yes, of course. And don't forget to get it from all good programme stands and sellers. Four euro and uh, fantastic read every time. As always, support the programme as best you can. I mean Robert was only telling me the other day we've had we had such positive feedback from the programme in the last year and a half it's a fantastic read it really is every yeah. contributor I mean we've got a new contributor as well Sean O'Connor he's going to be coming in with some new stuff as well so we're adding to the to the lineup constantly so definitely stick the 4 euro in the in the kitty and, and get your programme and don't forget we do have programme holders as well in the shop that can keep them on nice and snug <laughs> Grab you fit in the Ultras bag too. Ah, the Ultras bag. I have to say, lads, spoke to them out in Daily Mount briefly with their. Uh, they were they were showing me some of their hand printing handiwork. They'll they'll get that sneaky joke, Carl Seal in particular, and uh, Davy. But the I I had the bag on and six cans, two flags, bottles of Duval, everything. It, it really does. It's get 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 yourselves a bag like they'll be available. I think from the Dundalk game on Friday. So yeah, there'll be uh, ten our lads. That's all it is, and it fits in. It fits everything in. Like I said, if you if you it has a little sneaky pocket at the front as well, if you want to hide that and you want to stash, I have a stall under the east end on Friday selling them. So so definitely check them out, lads. Fantastic little bags, and they're all uh, regulation size, so you can get them in. And like El Nilo says, you can just roll it up and fit it in your pocket if they have a problem with it. And here's something as well we didn't touch on, Carl. Where are we gonna hang our flags? Nate is this is Nate's big issue we did touch on it we actually, touched on it but there's been no game. developments so where are the flags going to be hung I might bring a hammer and a nail with me now good luck getting a hammer into the, into the ground but we will have trouble hanging our flags our Tales from the East and uh, Flagman don't forget get your flags off Flagman forgot to plug him <laughs> we are our Tales from the East and flag will be making his debut courtesy of Flagman and, and uh, Godspeed to whoever is on the uh, the away turnstiles on Friday because apparently everyone in the dock is a student yeah now a student or over the age of 65 so it should be mm. a, an interesting affair as someone said no idea just pay up the 5 euro definitely 100% agree with you and and the lads that we have on like so Richie Carroll and all tough, tough cookie you're not going to get by him I mean or Mick Quinn as well Mick he often does yeah, yeah. I, I pretty much say listen if they come up with a student ID a student card show your ID and I mean, they, they might come back and say, oh, well, I bought it off Dundalk. So that's not my problem. That's their problem. They didn't want to show ID. You have to show ID or you have to hand over the cash. Simple. Simple. That's the way it works. 
And considering what goes on up in, De- in Oriel, that's the hardline stance we need to take. So, yeah, that was that. And uh, the prof, we certainly have a new uh, segment. It's called Tips from the East Stand, where we're going to give tips and who who we think or what we think is going to be successful. Now, the prof is a bit weary on this one. I told you I'm retired. I, I won my bet, so I'm done. But we're not. It's 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 it could be just me. But if the yeah. prof seems he wants to weigh in on one, so uh, this is tips from the East End. If I throw a dog a bone, I don't want to know if it tastes good or not. Uh, so this week I'm looking at uh, Waterford and Cork, uh, both to score. I think that's a great show. Uh, they've got uh, Waterford have Bastien Henri. They've got um, some good players signed. They've Holland have I think a decent squad, and it's going to be a bit of a, a crunch. A crunch game, not a crunch game, but it's going to be a, a, a hotly contested game, and I think there's goals in it. I think that's both to score, and I think Rovers both to score and to win. I think we didn't give our predictions of what score line, so I'm going to go with a, a three-two win. Rovers both to score and to win. You could get three to one on that. And what about Bray? Uh, and Bray and um, Pats. I think. Hopefully, I'm no, going to our game against. Oh, Bray. our game against Bray. I think I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with a Shaw. No, I think he might rest Shaw. And I think you might start Carr just to give him a chance at home. And I'm going to go with 3-0. A 3-0 win at home. So what about you, Prof? My prediction is 2-1 win over Dundalk. 2-1 win over Dundalk. Both a score and Rovers to win again. So that's our tip and of the week. Is Rovers to win and both a score. That's our tip of the week. 1-0 over Bray. Put the mortgage on it. 1-0 win over Bray. Yeah, so uh, that's it. Tips from the East Stand. Not sponsored by Paddy Power. Yeah, <laughs> we're working on it. <laughs> yeah, so that's it um, for this week, lads. We have officially finished up our first regular podcast of the season. It was a little better than the one we did a year ago this week. I, I think. think so, yeah. But also a lot longer. Yeah, so check out our first one. If you want the comparison, check out our very first uh our very first podcast and check out how we've, we've come on as a podcast we've replaced the two robots that did that yeah we've grown and developed and as usual check us out Riley Parsons on Facebook at Eastand Pod on Twitter and Tales from the Eastand on Instagram and if you need to email us it's Tales from the Eastand at gmail.com emails are not dead we still love emails and um, that's it so listen lads you have to pack out Tala Stadium we need to make it a fortress we need to get the three points I, I know it's it's a crazy thing to say at the start of the season we need to we need to make it a fortress and we need to go out and beat these yokels on Friday so lads see you in the East End and keep on hooping see ya Take a trip so